Welcome to the Sport Manitoba podcast, hosted by Nolan Cole. Welcome to episode 16 of the Sport Manitoba podcast. My name is Nolan Cole. I'm the digital media specialist at Sport Manitoba. We're podcasting from our Sport Manitoba building at 145 Pacific Avenue in downtown Winnipeg. At Sport Manitoba, our focus is on supporting and planning sport programs to promote the development of vibrant citizens, athletes, and communities in Manitoba. We're also the main funding agency for amateur sport in the province, with over 65 provincial sport organizations in our building. Not surprisingly, curling is one of those sports which will be the focus of this episode. Every one of our previous 15 episodes is available on all the podcast apps on your phone, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so make sure to check those out and give them a listen. It's been quite the curling season in Manitoba so far, especially at the junior level. I'll introduce you to a pair of gold medalists from the Pebbled Ice right after a quick look at some of Sport Manitoba's upcoming events and campaigns. The 2020 Manitoba Games powered by Manitoba Hydro are just a few months away. The city of Dauphin will host roughly 1,500 of our best athletes from August 9th to 15th. To learn more about these games or to sign up to volunteer, visit sportmanitoba.ca. At Sport Manitoba, we recognize the crucial role that officials have within sport. Keep an eye out for our No Ref, No Game campaign this year, as we'll be sharing real stories from Manitoba officials and what it's like to be behind the call. Remember to always respect your officials, because without them, there is no game. Millions of teeth are lost or traumatized annually during sporting activities. Custom mouthguards are recommended by the Manitoba Dental Association as the best way to protect the teeth and prevent injuries to the soft tissue of the mouth, as well as the head, jaw, and back. Visit your local dental office to learn more or get fitted for your custom mouthguard. Talk to your dentist. Good for you. Good for life. After winning Canadian titles earlier this winter, Skips Jacques Gauthier and Mackenzie Zacharias both led their Manitoba rinks to gold medals at the World Junior Curling Championships in Russia. Gauthier's Winnipeg team beat Switzerland 7-2 in the final, while Zacharias's Altona-based foursome edged South Korea 7-5 in the gold medal game. It's the first time ever that two Manitoba-based rinks have won the World Juniors in the same year. After a whirlwind season that still isn't over, Jacques and Mackenzie found some time to swing by our building to chat about their recent wins, their curling idols, goals for the future, and what it feels like to be a world champion. Here's my conversation with Jacques Gauthier and Mackenzie Zacharias. Thank you both for coming on the podcast today. I want to say congrats on your world junior wins, first of all, and why don't we start there? Both of you winning gold medals for Canada at the World Junior Curling Championships in Russia. I want to ask you first, prior to this year, the last time two Manitoba-based rinks won the Junior Worlds in the same year. Do either of you know when that last happened? Uh, I don't think ever. Um, I didn't know it actually yeah. ever happened. You're right. It was a trick question. It's never happened. So congrats to, to both of you on making history there. It's <laughs> never you. happened. Yeah, Curl Manitoba confirmed that uh, for yeah. us. So I guess, Mackenzie, we'll just start with you. The whole experience in Russia, how did it feel to have the Maple Leaf on your back? I mean, um, it was my first time ever representing Canada, so just getting that opportunity to have the Maple Leaf on my back was absolutely incredible, and I know our whole team felt the same way. We were just thrilled to be there and thrilled to represent Canada, and we just had so much fun with it. You trailed 4-1 to one in both the semifinal and final, so not an easy deficit to come back from. How'd you do it? <laughs> Good question. Um, yeah, 4-1 um, to one is not a situation that anyone ever wants to be in in curling. Um, I think that we... 
we knew what we wanted to do. We knew that we wanted to win and that and we knew what we had to do to do that. So we just really buckled down in the second half of both games and we were able to come out with the win on those, which was really fortunate. And Jacques, not as not quite as much drama for you in the playoffs, right? But I guess how would you describe your, your week in Russia? I thought our week was kind of a good indication of kind of how our team worked the whole year. We uh, were a team that kind of persevered throughout the whole year. We were down a lot in games early and kind of came back and made them close. And we lost our first one. We didn't play well, and we got down early in that one and still kind of grinded our way out, but still ended up losing on last rock and then bounced back with the seven-game win streak, lost going into the playoffs. But, you know, for all of us, you know, wearing the Maple Leaf for – Canada was something special. I'd been there once before as an alternate and I got to play three games and just like being on the ice and wearing the Maple Leaf is just it's like it's it's hard to describe like it's just a special feeling. You can just feel how important it is. You know what I mean? And so um, especially coming back this year as a skip I got to play in every game obviously and yeah it was just uh, yeah it was overwhelming and awesome. The city you were playing in and I, I won't trying to pronounce it it was actually in Siberia right, right. so pretty remote uh, what was it like playing so far away from from home yeah it was definitely different um, it was actually my first time overseas so just the whole plane ride was crazy like it took us like over 30 hours to get there just in the plane so that was that was an experience in itself um, but yeah it was in Siberia kind of like the middle of nowhere but it was kind of funny because the city kind of like resembled Winnipeg and the climate was like the same so kind of like a home away from homes but um the committee there and everyone there was absolutely fantastic and like all the people there were so friendly as well were there any like challenges or surprises things you you didn't expect Jock? yeah like like Mackenzie said it was like it was actually really like Winnipeg it just everything was in Russian the only different uh the only thing that was really different for us is uh every time you went into the venue or left the venue you had to go through like airport security like our bags would get checked through and, um, you know, you'd get you'd get scanned down and all that kind of stuff. And, like, just comparing it to my prior experience where you're in Scotland, you just walked into the, like, to the venue. There was no problem. So going through that, then there was, like, cops always kind of walking around the venue. Even if it was, like, midnight, there's nobody there. We went, uh, we went for, like, a late-night meal, and we were walking by it after that, and there was still cops walking around just in case something was going on. So that was definitely something to get used to. By the middle of the week, we were completely used to it, but it was yeah. weird to see it first for sure. What about the ice conditions? Similar to, to what you would expect in Canada? Was that a challenge at all, Mackenzie? Um, we were actually super fortunate yeah. to get to play on arena ice, which yep. is incredible. Like, I mean, the whole venue itself, the building was like two years old maybe. So just the whole building was so nice and they like the decorations in the arena itself was just absolutely incredible it was such an experience just to get to play on that ice and it was just so great all week atmosphere was good as well yeah, yeah. it was it was definitely a unique atmosphere uh I, yeah i gotta get actually tip my cap to the ice makers they did a great job because when russia was playing uh whatever side they were on the fans were on and so they actually got a decent amount of people there like i thought it was going to be a completely empty barn the whole week but uh, there was a bunch of people for a lot of the draws to watch the Russian teams. And the one thing about that, like the atmosphere, <laughs> is that if you played the Russian teams, you played the fans too because yeah. they cheered when you missed because they just didn't know about curling, I guess, that much. So I think that was that was kind of fun for both of us to try to manage that. But, uh, yeah, it was 
definitely interesting. Well, and that's like it was in Sochi, right? Like what, they had the same kind of problems whenever Russia was playing. It would affect the, the other games on the ice, right? right? right and it got yeah. so loud. Yeah. Like they were using a whistle at one point, were yeah. they not? So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, and Jock, you touched on this a bit earlier as well. There's always a level of pressure representing Canada. Um, so I guess the question would be, did either of you feel any added pressure because you're from Manitoba as well, and there's such a, a rich history here in the province with curling? Or did you feel it at nationals as well, Mackenzie, with the um, buffalo on your back? Yeah, I mean, whenever you represent Manitoba, even at nationals, you, you're always kind of like expected to do well. I mean, everyone always tells you to do your best, and that's all we, that we went to nationals trying to do. But uh, we all we had a goal in mind going into nationals, and that was to win. And we wanted to do Manitoba proud, and I, we were really fortunate enough to do that. And the same with the Maple Leaf. Like, when you go represent Canada, you always want to do your absolute best because, like, your whole country's watching back home and everything like that. So that's a lot of pressure, even when nobody can really get a hold of you out in the middle of Russia. But uh, we definitely felt a lot of support at home, and uh, we definitely wanted to do our best. Yeah. How did you, how would you, how did you kind of deal with that pressure yourself, Jacques? You've been around it a few times yeah. at, the, at the national level, but just going as a skip on a world stage. Yeah, I mean, like, just to kind of take a step back first, like, the uh, the the Nationals was definitely a very unique experience for us because we weren't representing Manitoba. We were more so representing yeah. ourselves, right, as Manitoba too. Yeah. And we took kind of that, the pride in representing Manitoba in the fact that, you know, Manitoba, like you mentioned, is such a rich history in the game that just because you get out of Manitoba doesn't mean that the team that lost didn't deserve to go as well. And so I thought that we were kind of playing on behalf of everybody that's ever lost a Manitoba final that could have been the best team in Canada and maybe the world. They just lost to a team that played in the same province as them that were just as good. So once we won nationals, it just felt kind of, then we felt the pressure that, you know, we were team Canada, but we were still playing. We were still our own team. You like, you know, we knew that Tyler Tardy had won the past two worlds, but um, we were a completely new team. We were just kind of try to take it a game as a, at a time and, have the same kind of approach and outlook as we did at nationals because I thought that helped us just kind of we're playing on behalf of Canada but no matter what as long as we you know we represent with class and dignity everybody back home is going to be proud of us. So obviously very successful seasons for both you Canadian and world world junior wins and I know you still have a couple of events left but have you had a chance to kind of reflect on your season as a whole and how much success you had? Jock, we can go with you first. Yeah. So like I mentioned a little bit, like right at the start, we had a really bad start. All four of us on the team were playing new positions to start, especially me skipping. I hadn't skipped in a long time. And then, you know, out of the new rule of five rock rule, I hadn't really adjusted to that yet. And so I thought the beginning of the year was definitely a learning curve for us. Not only were we not playing at the level that we expected to in men's, but we were also getting beaten badly by junior teams that we expected to be competitive with, like the better teams in Manitoba really, like we weren't even challenging them. And so we kind of had to take a step back. We, it really, really came into fruition. We were playing in Ottawa, which is an invitational spiel. And it's almost, it's always been like a mini nationals because it's the same kind of teams that Zachariah's team was there as well. And they won that. But for us, we didn't even come close to making playoffs. And so coming off of a year where, the year before with JT, we won the whole event. It was really kind of a, a, a turning point in our season where we just sat down and we're just honest about how we weren't putting the time in to get the results we wanted. And after that point, it just really turned around. I thought we really built off of every weekend. Uh, there was just a lot more positivity. People were bought into it. And then it came into fruition at Provincials. We had the best week 
uh, we had had by far. I uh, had one bad game in the final, and the team we played, Brett Walter, they played unreal and didn't get so many breaks, but then we got one. I got a big break and got to nationals, and again, put together a really good week. And so that, that, that was basically the story of our year was did not get off on the right foot, but I got to give the three guys in front of me credit. Like, we really battled. We put the time in, and it ended up paying off. Do you prefer to play third? Um, <laughs> depends when you would ask me that yeah. question. If you would ask me that in October, I would have said absolutely. But yeah. that's another, that's something I'm actually going through right now. Just kind of what I want to do in men's next year, because, uh, I did love playing third and especially for JT, but I thought I really kind of got used to the skipping role as kind of time went on. And, you know, the more I played, the more I liked it, but it definitely comes with its downfalls. Cause when you miss it, hurts 10 times harder third's a position where you kind of get every aspect of the game right you get the sweeping you get the, and you still get exactly. the strategy aspect in the discussion with the skip right it's right. kind of unique yeah yeah how would you describe your year Mackenzie? for our team this was our first year together as well uh, me and my sister like we played together since i was like 10 so um but uh lauren and carly actually moved here to curl and i guess carly also moved here for jacques yeah. um they're both from the east coast originally carly from nova scotia and lauren from pei so we had a unique start to our season we were kind of like getting to know each other um we didn't know each other a ton so but um, overall, we had a very successful season, um, able to get lots of points in the women's circuit, which was really nice. And we were able just to gel really well as a team. And like I said before, we were really goal-oriented goal this year. So we knew exactly what we wanted to do and knew uh, like what we had to do to get there. And um, we were really focused all year, and uh, we were able to accomplish that in the end, which was really nice. But it was also really nice to gain a couple of friendships as well. Okay, so you mentioned playing with your sister, Mackenzie. You both come from curling families. So you grew up in Altona, and I'm curious what it was like growing up in, in small-town Manitoba with just one curling club. Yeah, yeah. Um, before I was, like, 12 years old, I don't think I curled anywhere else but Altona. Um, just grew up there, curled there every chance that I could get. Fell in love with the sport in Altona, and basically I've been curling with my sister since I started there, which has been really just an incredible experience. Um, she's always been with me, and then my dad's always been her coach, so... This was always the dream, like getting to nationals and then being able to represent Canada together was just an absolutely amazing experience. And to be able to represent Altona, which I still like to call my home, even though I don't live there all the time, um, it's just been absolutely incredible. And their support now, too, has been great. Like they're just all over this whole thing. And I like just it's amazing. And then you mentioned playing with your sister, I guess. So your sister plays second, Emily, and mm -hmm. then your dad was your coach. So. I guess, does that make the team dynamic a little bit different? In a way, I guess it would. Um, but I think we've been doing it for so long, we kind of know how to manage it. Like Emily and I, like I said, we've been playing together for a long time. So we kind of like know exactly how to treat each other as teammates when we're on the ice and then kind of how to treat each other as sisters when we're off the ice. And we're actually roommates as well. So that actually adds a little bit more to it too. Um, but it's actually worked out really well for us. Did you always, like playing with your sister growing up, did you always skip and was she always front end or how did that? Yeah, evolve? it's actually never changed. Um, yeah. She's always played second for me and I've skipped. So we kind of had a little bit of separation between there, but it's always worked for us. And Jacques, of course, your mom, Kathy Goche, obviously well-known former curler herself. She played with Connie Lalibury, played with Jennifer Jones and well-known for her TSN work uh, as well. So I guess, what was it like growing up watching her a little bit at the tail end of her career? And I, I guess she's, I imagine she's one of the reasons you got into it seriously yourself. For sure. Yeah. Watching her, I, obviously 
she won Canadians in 92, 95, and then 05. Yep. So I was too young, obviously, for the first two. But I remember very vaguely <laughs> watching the last one. I was <laughs> very young watching it with my sister and my dad. But It's a shot you would remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't, even re- I didn't really realize how important it was, but yeah. I, I do remember watching it. And, yeah, I mean, like, but my mom obviously had the, a lot of success in this sport too, but my dad uh, played lifetime as a men's curler. He just never won. He lost the provincial final in 02, but he always kicked around the competitive circuit, was a pretty good cash player. And so I, we both, uh, me and my sister, had a lot of support from our parents to pursue it. And, uh, you know, early when we were younger, we got put in our little rocks, and I guess my mom – kind of took my sister under her wing because she was going to go into the women's side. And so my dad took me under his wing and, um, you know, just growing up with that kind of knowledge that they had, because my dad was a skip and my mom was a second. And so my sister played second this year and then I skipped. So we both had whatever we needed. My mom was great with technical stuff, um, you know, being a second forever and sweeping stuff when I switched to third. And then my dad was great from a strategy perspective. And so growing up, like I, uh, was definitely very fortunate with the uh, access to the knowledge that I had. And just in addition to that, like my mom, anytime, you know, she had a, you know, a connection with somebody like, like a Connie Laliberti or a Kathy Overton, um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to benefit from their knowledge as well. So is, and is your mom still in your ear a lot in terms of talking strategy with you in that? Yes. <laughs> yes. And no, I think she's realized that I might be a little bit too stubborn to talk to you now, but, um, uh, she definitely, we definitely still discuss it. Obviously, with her being a, a commentator, she at home sometimes commentates on the couch, and we talk a little bit about uh, different shots on TV. Or when my sister's playing, you know, I talk about you know why they wouldn't play this shot, that shot. Um, the biggest thing it comes down to, I think, now is just there's a different strategic uh, point of view from women's and men's. So I, I see it as more of a like I see runbacks and all that kind of stuff like as a shot to play whereas the girls see a more soft side of it so that's where we disagree but yeah we definitely still talk a ton about curling and you can't even escape it like even in the summer we're talking about it all the time so just before we take our, our break here I read your Q&A with John Cullen from Curling Canada so will yeah. you be getting that maple leaf tattoo on your calf now that you're a world champ <laughs> I don't know actually like I I never thought that this was actually going to happen. Like it's you, you dream of winning Canadians and obviously like you think, you know, maybe you could win a world's, but then it like, I'm sure Mac feels the same way. Like it happens and it's just like, what is going on? So I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It won't be anytime soon, but once the, once it's kind of worn off and I realize how special what we did was, I might be inclined to get some sort of uh, memento of it. Yeah. World Junior Curling Champions Jacques Gauthier and Mackenzie Zacharias are our guests on the Sport Manitoba podcast. We'll be back with more curling talk after a quick break. Sport Manitoba and Doctors Manitoba joined forces in 2013 to launch Fit Kids Healthy Kids. Both partners saw the need to promote physical literacy as a means to combat health risks associated with a sedentary lifestyle such as type 2 diabetes and obesity. Doctors Manitoba has been generously supporting Fit Kids Healthy Kids financially since its inception. Learn more at fitkidshealthykids.ca. This spring, Sport Manitoba is working together with the Sport Information Resource Centre to raise awareness about concussions. We want all of our athletes and coaches to know the signs and symptoms of a concussion so that they can be properly treated. Follow along on our social media channels at Sport Manitoba on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag HeadstrongCanada. 
Sport Manitoba strives to make sport a safe and welcoming experience for athletes, coaches, parents, officials, and volunteers across the province. If you experience any incidents of abuse, harassment, or any other inappropriate conduct, please call our sports support line at 1-877-737-9875 to talk to a trained professional or visit our website for more resources. Okay, favorite curler or favorite team growing up? Jacques, you first. I'm conflicted with both of these. Uh, so team and curler are different. They're different, but uh, for me, for sure, curler has to be, you know, the Manitoba legends, Jeff Stout and Kerry Burtnick. I've gotten to know Kerry pretty well over the years. Just my sister play with his daughters and just talking, curling with that guy. It's, it's mind-blowing. Just, I don't know, just the wealth of knowledge he has. And then Jeff Stout, I mean, what can you say? 11 provincial titles and so consistent, so good for so long. Uh, he came over to talk to us at the banquet after we won Canadians at the men's provincials, and all of us were just like starstruck. We're like, what the heck is he doing here? But then uh, as far as team, I mean, uh, when I was younger, we grew up watching uh, Kevin Martin's team. The year he went back-to-back Briars, they didn't lose a game. And that was when I really kind of understood, you know, how great you need to be to win the Briar because those guys, like, were just so so good so that was probably my favorite team to watch because they were just so dominant the best teams in the world you know at that time were like almost all in Canada and they made them look like junior curlers so that was definitely my favorite team of all time. Mackenzie? Um, that's a tough one um, right now I would have to say that my favorite team is probably um, Anna Hasselberg out of oh. Sweden just because they're like they're literally dominating the world scene right now. Like they win almost every event that they're in and their like playoffs are final and every other event that they don't win. So it's just incredible to see that these young women like all go out there and just compete and do their absolute best like every single week. And it's just exactly what we strive to do. So it's just so inspiring. That's just inter- interesting that you like a team from Sweden as your, as your favorite. <laughs> I, was there a uh, team in Canada that, or a player that you grew up watching that you really idolized? Well, I mean, like coming from Manitoba again, like you got like Jennifer Jones and like she's been around for a long time. Like ever since I've been growing up, she's always been at the Scotties and uh, Kathy Overton and like all those ladies. They're just incredible. Um, and like, I mean, now too, like Tracy Fleury's team, Carrie Anderson, like there's so many great teams from Manitoba to look up to. Absolutely. Okay. I'm, I'm curious about for both of you, the your favorite aspect of curling for both of you? Is it, is it the strategy? Is it the as a skip, is it the pressure of making the draw to the forefoot for the win? Team aspect, what's your favorite aspect of, the, of playing the game, Mackenzie? Um, I definitely love like being able to play with people that I enjoy playing with. Like um, curling, such like a sport like where you only have three other teammates, so you have to get along to, in order to play well. So been able to make a lot of friendships over the years and meet a lot of new people, and it's just been really special. And it's friendships that'll last a lifetime. So just that part of it, part of it's been really incredible. Jacques. Yeah, I would say like the best part of the game, as far as like the rules and like all that kind of stuff, if you have to pick it apart, it's probably the strategy that's kept me interested for so long. Um, but the best part of the game is definitely like the community, like Mac mentions. Like there's just so many great people within the sport, and I've made like most of my best friends are within the sport. Like even JT that I played with forever, not playing with him this year, we still talk just as much, and I know that everybody that I've played with. I, I still pretty much keep in touch with as opposed to, you know, like old hockey, play, hockey teammates and baseball teammates. It's not that close, but in the, in the curling community, like your teammate just like becomes your family. And so that's definitely the coolest part of it. Did either of you play other sp- sports growing up, Jacques? 
So yeah, like I mentioned, I played hockey for a bit and then eventually had to pick yeah. between the two. I realized I wasn't going to make the NHL because I was four foot eleven and I was a goalie, uh-huh. so my head didn't get past the crossbar, and so people could shoot over me. So that was a definitely a challenge, but definitely like curling more. And I played baseball up until a couple of years ago when work got in the way, but that was just strictly like recreational. Yeah, for me, I played a lot of fastball growing up. Um, coming from Altona, I still played in Winnipeg, so we were commuting literally all year round, either for curling or for fastball. So eventually, again, like you just had to choose between one or the other because the seasons kind of intertwined. Like fastball practice would be in the winter sometimes, and curling started to creep more into the summer. So just eventually, it came time to choose. Here at Sport Manitoba, we're big on multi-sport and promoting that. You know, kids playing multiple sports, young athletes, and there's no right or wrong answer to this. But do you think playing other sports, your other sports growing up, helped you as a curler? One hundred percent. Yeah, learning how to be a teammate, learning like everything sport tell like can show you, it was just incredible growing up. Um, and just keeping busy all the time and keeping active, just all of that really helped. Like in the multi-sport aspect. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with the first thing that Max said there. Just like being a teammate, you know when. It comes down to curling, like we said. It's such a tight-knit community that if you have one person on your team that's playing for themselves, the team doesn't work. It falls apart. So having that you know, teammate aspect of it, being there for people that aren't playing well or when you're not playing well, kind of knowing how to you know, put your emotions aside, just do what's best for the group, that's definitely the most important thing that I think I've taken away from uh, other sports. And then, you know, in addition, like I was a goalie, like I mentioned, so... You know, if I let in a goal in, it was my fault. So that helped me get used to skipping if I miss. And I, if, I think, if we lose the game, I think it's my fault. It just kind of let me help me cope with that kind of thing. But definitely the teammate aspect, absolutely. What would be your advice to even younger athletes who strive to achieve the same success that you've achieved, whether it's curling or another sport, Mackenzie? Uh, just basically to never give up like as long as you work hard like you're gonna get there one day like as long as you put in the effort put in the work and you love it enough and you're so like if you're passionate enough about it you're gonna get there and you're gonna get your opportunity and you just gotta be ready for it when it comes yeah it's kind of funny you asked that because um so max teammate my girlfriend carly her dad coaches a young team out of nova scotia they're like 15 and 13 and they just lost the u18 provincial final and so, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about reaching out to him. And I was going to say, you know, like at my age, when I was, you know, that age and even when I was 18, I never did well in U18. I never made playoffs. We played with JTE. We thought he had a good team. Just never paid off. And I think that the biggest thing that I would kind of tell young curlers is just not to get discouraged by losses because that's how you get better. You know, growing up with Matt Dunstone, Braden Calvert, guys like that, we lost a lot, and we and it wasn't close. But that's how you learn how to get better, what shots, what misses really hurt you. And so I would say, like, his name's Caleb McIsaac, and, you know, I would say to somebody like him, you know, it's easy to look at the fact that you were one game away from going to national championship, but it's also interesting that you're 15 years old. You just lost the U18 provincial final. Like, that in itself is an accomplishment. So keeping at it. Um, working harder and learning from the losses are definitely the most important things that I would say. Yeah, well said. Okay, so your season isn't quite over yet. Do you still have one or two events coming up, Jacques? Uh, we both have two. Okay. One of them is together. We're playing uh, mixed provincials together, me, Mackenzie, Carly, and then my old skip, JT. So that'll Ooh. be a bit of a hoot. And then um, <laughs> for winning the Worlds, we both got invited to the last 
Grand Slam of Curling, the Champions Cup. So we're both pretty excited about that. So that mixed championship sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, Mackenzie. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be something. Um, fun fact, <laughs> we're actually ranked first in the event. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, winner gets to go to Canmore, Alberta. So that'll be a pretty fun trip. Awesome. Well, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, best, best of luck with that one. Uh, okay, goals for the future. You guys told me before we started that you're both at U of M in school. What are you taking? Um, I'm in my third year of kinesiology. Um, but d definitely with curling, it's going to take me a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, like any athlete, you have to take a little bit of a reduced course load just to kind of like balance everything out. Yeah. But it's been really great so far. And then I'm at the U of M in the, um, the business faculty at Gasper. Um, I'm in my fourth year there. I'll probably graduate with the commerce degree with specialization in finance. But like Max said, like taking it a little bit slower than most of uh, my friends there just because at curling, it's kind of hard to accommodate the time and then goals for the sport itself i remember hearing that brad gushu wrote down all his goals right olympic champion briar champion right. he wanted to do all these things do you do similar things or what what are your goals with the sport Jacques? uh the exact same thing brad has i haven't really written them down yet but i mean in the short term uh for this coming olympic cycle uh my debt my goal is to make the pre-trials you know not to get to olympic trials i think that's a little bit you know, ahead of where, where I'm at, but to get to the pre-trials and to kind of solidify myself as not only just a junior curler, but a men's curler as well is definitely my short-term goal. And then obviously, yeah, in the, in the future, um, definitely, definitely winning the Briar, just seeing that with Gushu and seeing how much it means to all the guys there is really, really inspiring. And so that's definitely a goal. And then obviously representing Canada at the Olympics, potentially. Mackenzie? Yeah, same thing as Jacques. Like, I mean, and now after having that maple leaf on uh, the back of the jacket, um, it'd be really special to get to do that again. And coming from Manitoba and Canada, you never know if that's going to happen again. So that's definitely the goal, either th like through the Olympics, through the World Championships. Like, that's definitely the long-term goal. But like Jacques said, the short-term goal is definitely pre-trials, um, accumulating lots of points and getting our names out there. And just, yeah, like you said, solidifying like our place in men's and women's curling is just really important for us right now. Before I let you guys go, Jacques, I got to ask you, do you mind if I add you to my spare list for my uh, Thursday night men's league at East St. Paul? <laughs> sure. I got to throw as much as I can anyway. So yeah, why not? As many reps. Okay. I'll get your number after we're done here. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously though, guys, uh, thank you both for doing this. Uh, congrats on the wins once again in, Ru in wins in Russia and, and all the best with your curling careers moving forward. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks again to world junior curling champs, Jacques Goche and Mackenzie Zacharias. It looks like those two have very bright futures in the sport. Did you enjoy this episode of the Sport Manitoba podcast? Great. Subscribe to our podcast. It's available anywhere you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Give us a follow on social media, at Sport Manitoba on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you know of somebody who you think would make for a good guest on our podcast, whether it's an athlete, coach, or somebody else involved in sport, you can email me at podcast at sportmanitoba.ca. We do it every month, so keep an eye out for our next episode in April. I'm Nolan Cole. Thanks for listening to the Sport Manitoba podcast.